Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. The debate's raging on the Michael Riley into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Does he deserve to be in, yes or no? Last I saw, the whopping majority of people said that yes, he should be in. I don't have a vote. I'm willing to sit back and listen. Mike Riley's in our one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Mike Riley is a very great player. He's one of the best we've seen. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's a great question. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, it is. Welcome, everybody, to Hour 2 of the RP Show, brought to you by Great Western's Original 16 Beer. We continue broadcasting from Great Eagle Resort and Casino. It's going to be... A lot of fun here in hour two. It's always fun, but a lot of hockey here because we've got TSN Director of Scouting, Craig Button, and the ageless Perry Shockey. Perry S. Hockey is here at the Gray Eagle. As you know, a longtime coach of the Spokane Chiefs, Moose Jaw Warriors, Regina Pat, scout of the LA Kings. So we're going to talk a lot of hockey here. And I think some Olympics too, Craig. What do you say? Welcome down to the Gray Eagle. I know. Did you run here? You know what? I, I, and if it was summer, I might have thought about it, but no, I, ro- I might have ro- rode my bike over here. Right. But I wore this shirt just for you, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 for, and, and, for the, and for the memory of your wonderful father. You know, I, it's funny you would bring that up. <laughs> when did you start with the Minnesota North Stars? 1988. Right. Well, that's <laughs> when he signed. Yeah. It was right. You started at the same time. Yeah. Les Jackson was, uh, you know, he, he kind of, uh, you know, took a bunch of people and he said, Hey, I, I can work with these people. And you know, then it was up to us to show him that we could be dependable and reliable. And you had a lot of success <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. But I remember looking at that contract, that NHL contract sitting on the kitchen table of our house in milestone. You've been there just staring at it. My dad's contract for the first time and all laws subject to the state of uh, Minnesota. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the same year. Yeah. So. Well, we, you, you know, there was a change in, uh, in, uh, management at that point in time. And one of the unique things for me and, you know, Perry, you know, all around the, the Western Hockey League and, you know, for me, you know, to be able to come into Saskatchewan and spend time with your father and he, he introduced me to everybody and spending time dr- driving and traveling, right? It was, it was a, it was, a fun it, part, it, yeah. it was an education. Brad Robson here in Alberta, his father, Ray, out in BC. I mean, it was, it was an unbelievable education, you know, by unbelievable teacher. It's funny you say that. So... Bobby Clark was the GM. He came two ish. years later. Two he years came later. in 1990. Who was there in 88? Jack Ferreira. Jack Ferreira, okay. So, so Jack right. Ferreira, Dean Lombardi, Les Jackson, and, you know, there was a whole new champ. Pierre Page was the, was the new coach. Yeah. And then he left to go to Quebec, and, you know, he was the general manager coach in Quebec, which was a really nice opportunity for Pierre. But, you know, for, for Jack Ferreira coming in and Dean and then Bob Clark and Bob Ganey coming in, yeah, I, I had a pretty, I had some Quite pretty a group. good, oh boy. <laughs> Quite, but again, 
did a lot of winning, but this is fun. This is what's going to be so fun about the next 40 minutes with Craig is uh, these hockey stories. You get a little more time than you're used to, right? What did you think when Bobby Clark came out on that podcast last week and ripped Ron Hextall <laughs> on not... Who was it they were talking about? You wanted to Kale McCarr. They took Nolan Patrick instead of Kale McCarr. I'm like, Bobby, just couldn't help it, himself. I think it's twofold. Number one, you know, when you think about the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, Bobby Clark is, is the face of the Philadelphia Flyers and f- will forever be the face of the, of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. He is to the Philadelphia Flyers what Jean Beliveau is to the Montreal Canadiens. You know, when you think about all the great players the Montreal Canadiens had. Jean Beliveau is still the face and always will be. And Bob Clark will always be the face. of, And, and he, he, fiercely, like, he fiercely defends the Flyers, loves the Flyers. At every whether it's on the ice or off the ice, so I think that's the first thing he's he's defending the scouts. Probably a lot of backlash. Why didn't you draft Kale McCarr? Why didn't you draft Kale McCarr? And finally, he just says, "Enough of this. I can't. Uh, you know, I I have to defend our scouts." I, mm-hmm. I really that's Bob Clark to a T. I mean, the second part of this too is, and the Flyers do not eat their own, but I think that there's massive friction between Bobby Clark and Ron Hextall. And I think that at the end of it all, right, Bob Clark just said, hey, you know what? The person that was responsible for this is going to have to take responsibility. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, Bob Clark is as honest as the day is long. As honest as the day is long. People say, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, Bob was always looking for an advantage. But he wears his heart on his sleeve. And, uh, you know, that's what it was about. And, you know, for me, what, what, what Ron Hextall could have just come out and said, Hey, yeah, it was on me, and, you know, I'm the general manager. Everything is on me, and, you know, you carry on or say nothing that he did. But, you know, bottom line is is Bob Clark is going to defend the Flyers at every turn, and uh, I, I think that that's what it was. And throw Hextall under the bus. I mean, that was the... Well, does he get thrown under the bus? Like, it, it, is it fact? Like, it, the only way you get thrown under the bus is if it wasn't fact. Listen, I came <laughs> into Calgary in 2000, and one of the first things, you know, we had an expansion and everything, and... You know, a lot of talk about what an idiot I was in letting Marty St. Louis go. Okay, well, fine. I take responsibility for it. Nobody threw me under the bus. Mm -hmm. So Ron Hextall can come out and say, no, it's not true. Or he can come out and say, yeah, I was the general manager. That's what happened. When you're a general manager, guess what? The good, the bad, the ugly, you're responsible. It's on you, right. So, and that reminds me, by the way, but... That's the personnel game of which you guys have worked in your whole life, and my dad did. I saw it firsthand. I look at that jersey over my shoulder here. Jerome McGinley's name's in the rafters, and people forget he was drafted by the Dallas Stars. And I remember my dad was pushing Brad Church. Brad Church. You remember that draft, Prince he, Albert Raiders. He, right? he was pushing Brad Church, which was, you know, your dad had such a, uh, a real strong... Steve Kelly was in that draft, yes. right? Okay, so, like, it was a draft where, you know, your dad knew the Saskatchewan area. He knew the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. He knew the And that was his job. Yeah. He, 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 he was aware of Jerome McGinley. He probably saw him play a couple of times. But his job was to, to talk about and know the players in his area. And he knew them exceptionally well. So he, it wasn't that he was pushing Brad Church over Jerome McGinley. He was saying, hey, this is a player that we have to know about. We spent a lot of time on Brad Church. Ironically, the funny story about this is, is that my father was the assistant GM in Washington. They drafted Brad Church. Right, right. <laughs> and that didn't really work out, but that, but that happens. And that's my thing with McCarr and Nolan Patrick. It's got to be one million stories like that, I would think, in NHL history of guys we could have taken and we didn't or whatever. Our friend, our dear friend Perry Shockey here, and he knows the, the, the late Jerry Melnick very well as you do mm-hmm. too. 
and Jerry was a long time. He played, coached, assistant coach, manager, everything in the league. And he said this to me early on. He said, Craig, he goes, I got two love. He goes, I love them. My wife, Jeanette, and me, we love them every single day. We try to guide them. We try to help them be the best they can be. And, I, and we're doing everything we can. And he said, and I'm not quite sure how they're going to turn out. And you want me to go and watch 18-year-old hockey players and, oh. and tell you exactly how they're going to? There's such a maturation process that goes on. And the thing that, you, you know what, I, and, and I do, I, I, get, I get worked up about it. All the experts without expertise. David Conti, and I'm going to, it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a long story. He You're said, good. You haven't, made the, you haven't made it in hockey scout until you've made a million-dollar mistake. I said, okay, what's a million-dollar mistake? Here's, he said, here's, you go out and hit the road. You're scouting. Okay, you're watching these players. Endless hours traveling to and fro to watch players, watching how they develop. You're drafting the best players from the levels below the NHL. You're not drafting four goal scorers and saying they're going to be 50 goal scorers. You're drafting 50 goal scorers thinking that they can be successful in the NHL. So he said, you're going to and fro. You're watching players sometimes for two and three years before you come up to the draft. Then you're doing all the work. You're watching, you're debating, you're discussing. You go, we want this guy. Then you get the player in the draft. And now you watch. And now you're helpful and everything. The kid's excited. The family's excited. And now you start to watch. You go, okay, now we got to work with him on these areas. Now the kid's 19. Now you sign him. Now he's 20. Now he's turning pro. And you're going, okay, you know, we got to keep working with him. Now he's in the minor leagues. He's got a coach. And the coach is going, hey, he's got these areas he's got to really improve on. Well, Scouts aren't dumb. They start to see, okay, maybe, maybe we, maybe he wasn't as good as we thought. Yeah. Right. But it, it's not from a lack of belief. It's not from a lack of conviction about what you're doing. It's not from a lack of experience. So it, it, you're looking and trying to work with that player, and you're projecting. You drafted 17 and 18 year old kids and trying to project where they're going to be at at 21 and 22. We drafted Jason Botterill, who was a top notch player at the University of Michigan. Jason Botterill didn't fail. We failed. Mm -hmm. We thought that his skating would improve. I can tell you this. His mother, Doreen McConnell, was an Olympic speed skater for Canada. <laughs> he, his sister's Jennifer. Right? Yeah, and he worked his butt off to improve on his skating. He did everything that he could ever do to improve and become the best player he possibly could. We thought he would. We were wrong. Jason gave himself every opportunity to be a good player. So mm -hmm. people look back and go, oh, you failed. Okay. That's a million-dollar mistake. And the experts without expertise out there that sit there, they've never, ever had to say, we want to draft this guy. They always tell you who you should have drafted after the fact. I got no time for it. I got no time for it. Oh, I know. Well, and people have long memories. Uh, BW watching on YouTube says Shane Doan should have been an oiler, not Steve Kelly. And that draft was in Edmonton, was it not? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was the first lockout in the NHL. Right, 95. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they do have long memories. Ryan McCarthy is watching in Saratoga, New York. He says, fun fact, Jerome Ginla has five middle names, and one of them is Elvis. I didn't know that. His dad's name is Elvis. Is that right? Yes. Well, that's what you get paid to know <laughs> these things, right? The viewers also want to know your take on Canada's Olympic men's hockey roster and how it stacks up from what you know of the other countries and well, what our chances are. I know a lot about the other countries. And, you know, if you watch the World Championships, you know that the other countries have a lot of good players. I mean, we watch the World Championships every year and every country doesn't have their best players available, but they've... They've been coached and they, and, and they understand international play. So it's going to be competitive. So there's a couple of things I'm going to say. Number one, the Swiss and the Germans are going to have ostensibly their best players. 
And, mm -hmm. and so that raises the playing field and makes it a little more level as you move forward through this. Like, you know, if Canada and the U.S. and Sweden and Russia have their best players, Swiss and Germany, chances but are... But non-NHLers. It doesn't matter. They still right. have their best players available. They don't have Leon Dreisaitl. And right. They don't have Mo Sider. And Nino Niederreiter's not with... Switzerland yeah. or Roman Yossi. Yeah. But, but, but they have their next 15 right. best and players. We don't? No. no, Not even close. Well, I'm just asking. <laughs> well, I'm just yeah. saying, no, not even close. Germany was in the uh, gold medal final in 2018. They have the, so the, all I'm saying is the playing field becomes a little more even in terms of competition. Lack of offense is not going to be really prolific. The teams in, in those areas, Perry, you know this, they know how to defend. They know how to defend the middle of the ice. They know how to play tight. They know how not to beat themselves. And w when they're playing against better competition, that's how they have to play. Don't forget that the Finns won the, world, the gold medal at the World Championships a couple of years ago when Kapokako mm -hmm. was going into his draft year. Yuko Yalanen, who's coaching the Finnish Olympic team, he coached that team. <laughs> They know what they have to do to win, and so that makes it, you know, a, a level playing field. So these other countries, they, they have a real opportunity to compete for the gold. Now I'm going to go to Canada. When you start with the best player outside the NHL and own power on your team, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty, pretty good, good start. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and when you start with Mason McTavish, one of the very best players outside the NHL on your team, I can tell you what, and skill. Kaprizov was a huge player for the Olympic athletes of Russia in 2018, and he scored the gold medal winning goal in overtime. He was one of the best players. When you have that type of skill, and McTavish has it, you have power, you have a real opportunity now to give yourself a little bit of an advantage. Canada's going to compete for a gold medal. There's no question about it. I think Devin Levi's their best goaltender. I think last year at the World Junior he's Tournament, I think he showed everybody. There, he he might have been an unknown. He's not. He's shredding the NCAA this year at Northeastern. And, you know, and, and then you have Jason Demers. You, have, you know, he's a longtime NHLer. You have Eric Stahl. You have players. You're not asking them to play at the highest level of best on best. You're asking them to come in and do what they can. I think Canada, Claude Julien has a lot of experience at the Olympic level coaching. He's been part of a gold medal winning teams. I think they're in great hands with Claude. And I think this, I think this team has every opportunity to compete for a gold medal. What is the story on Stahl? that at his age that he's part of this? Well, I think that, you know, he, he played in the Stanley Cup final last year <laughs> mm -hmm. for the Montreal Canadiens. It seems so long ago for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans, but he played and he, he, he's, he's a triple gold. He's in, the, he's in the triple gold club. He's won an Olympic gold medal, Stanley Cup, a mm -hmm. world championship. He, he, he comes back now as, as a player that can be influential on the ice. I mean, again, we're talking about a level of play that you're not asking him to play against the likes of the, of the best players in the world. He's, he's asked to come in and guide this team, not only on the ice, but off the ice. I, I think it's tremendous that Eric wants to be part of it. He doesn't have to do anything to cement his legacy. I mean, he's, he's been a top NHL player for a lot of years. His legacy and his accomplishments are, are, are well known. But, you know, here, here's somebody that wants to represent his country. I mean, he was asked prior to Christmas, and he went down to the American Hockey League, said, let me get myself and see where I'm at and get myself mm -hmm. skating and playing. And I, he's going to be the captain. I mean, there's no question. There's no other choice. Should be, yeah. And I think for Eric to come in and, and, you know, just in those moments, you know, just relax, just calm down. And he's not removed. He's not far removed from it. When I say playing in the Stanley Cup final last year. Less than a year ago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, when we when we come back, we'll talk a little junior because uh, Jordan Wheels on that Canadian team. Yes, and I, he is, I, yeah. I refer to him as 
We all refer to him in Regina as the other Jordan. He had better, <laughs> he had better points than Everly in junior. Played a few more games, but he's going to be on that team. We're going to talk about junior because Craig's going to be in the Brand Center Friday night for TSN's broadcast of the CHL. We're going to answer fan questions. Think about this, Craig, because in Winnipeg, they're watching. They want to know what you think's wrong with the Jets. So think about that in the break. And we'll tell you that Hour 2 is brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer, brewed in Saskatchewan, made with premium Saskatchewan ingredients. Original 16 is unfiltered for peak flavor. And this man knows about hair. <laughs> Tough Tribe for Men was designed to meet the unique demands of clean professional grooming. The warm scent of a gentleman's shampoo teams up with an invigorating, cool peppermint conditioner. Top that off with a little beard and hair pomade to start your day. Feeling fresh and confident? Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com in Amazon Canada. More with Craig Button, live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino after this break on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. All right, we are live at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. Jeff Foxworthy coming this spring. Go to their website for details. Follow our social media channels here at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. Very pleased to be joined by TSN Director of Scouting, Craig Button, here at Grey Eagle. We're going to bring Perry Shockey on the set here before the hour is up. I don't know uh, where to start other than where I left off before the break, Craig, and that was the Jets fans want to know What's wrong with their team? They lost 5-3 at home last night to the Florida Panthers. They're out, kind of well out of the playoff spot right now. What do you see ahead for the Winnipeg Jets? You know, I'm confounded to a certain extent, Rod. You know, I like their team. I like the composition of their team. I think they have some really good elements in their group. And I was just in Winnipeg for three of their games. You know, watch, you know, you watch them play a, a good game against Pittsburgh and then a, a bad break and on the captain and goal, it's 2-1. Then nine seconds later, it's 2-2. They lose in the shootout. They play a good game in Washington. They carry a lot of play. You know, they can't hold on to that, right? You know, they go to Nashville. You know, it's a, it, 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 it's a game where they look like they're in it. Last night's game, you know, against a good Florida team, they're playing really well. And then they can't hold on to the lead. It seems like, it seems like they're a good enough team to play at a certain level right now. And, you know, when Paul Maurice stepped away and he said, there's more there and they need another voice and they need somebody else to bring that out, maybe there's not as much as we think there's there. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a scenario where Kevin Dayoff's going to have to look. You know, they've been really patient with their player mm -hmm. and, 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 and their group, and, and, and that's admirable. But when you start falling short, at critical times of the game and you have a coach that talks about I think there's more there now you have a new coach and Dave Lowry is, is, is working and, and trying some different things and some things that are really positive but now you might have to look at it and go we may have to change the composition of the team because you can't keep falling short in tight games against good teams and say well I mean I'm reminded of what Bob Ganey said many years ago he was coaching the Montreal Montreal Canadians and they asked him at the end of the season they said well you lost a lot of one goal games and he said people hide behind one goal games he said oh, yeah. when you lose by one goal that means you needed two to win and two is a lot of goals in this league I think the Winnipeg Jets are finding themselves in a similar spot they're they're good enough to be competitive 
but against the good teams and, you know, even te like, you know, they're outside the playoff picture right now. They're not finding a way to get there. So I think Kevin Dayoff has to take a long, hard look at the composition of his team because Paul Maurice has made a statement. The team is making a statement with the way they're playing. Just good enough to fall short. I agree with you. And uh, you obviously know Rich Preston well. Uh, learned so much from that yeah, man. I Rico. love him. And yep. he, Rico, the coolest man in the NHL. And he often said to me, when guys whine about one goal games, it means you weren't good enough. <laughs> and he got mad. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering how much is coaching? Because I look at this Calgary team here. Lombardi Pete was in that chair yesterday. And we talked about what the Flames need, what the Flames need. You're probably hearing it all over town. And the Flames have been good, I feel, for a long time. They were number one in the Western Conference not that long ago. Um, Daryl's made all the difference, right? He has. Yeah. And, you know, you, I mean, last year at the end of the year, I mean, and, and like any good coach, Perry, you know this, you know, you come in and you're watching, you go, oh, I can make a difference right away. That's, the, that's a coach's mentality. I can make a difference. Sometimes there's some ingrained habits and some things you have to work through. And I, I think Daryl was no different. He felt he could kind of, but what he, what he was able to do was get a good feel for the players. And the players were able to get a good feel for him. I think Brad Treliving, everybody was clamoring, trade this guy, trade that guy. You know, and I think Brad Trey living by not making the trades, allowing, and that would come input from Daryl. Mm -hmm. Daryl would say, hey, I can work with this guy. Here's what we got to do. And, you know, and Daryl's a top-notch coach, and there's no question about it. And I think Paul Maurice is, 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 a, is a good coach. And, you know, Dave Lowry, it's his first crack at, at being a head coach. You know, we'll see. It, it, it's, it's not just that I'm not going to pinpoint it on coaching, but when Paul Maurice, and, and, and these are telling comments. I think there's more there, and I think they need a different voice. So if Paul's looking at it going, maybe there isn't more there. Maybe there isn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe there's, and that's where I say the focus now where Kevin has to go and look at it and say, okay, objectively, what are we missing? Objectively, what could we use more of? And, and, and these are discussions that are going on daily, you know, and obviously, you know, you, you got Paul Maurice, who's a longtime NHL coach. You have Dave, who's in his first go. Dave knows the team, and he's trying to do his part. But maybe it's not coaching in Winnipeg. Maybe it is the team composition. And that's not to say it's, it's this player or that player. I think they have a top-notch goaltender. I think they have some good defensemen. I think they have a center ice that's really good with Lowry, Dubois, and Shifley. But sometimes you got to change the mix and the composition of the team. And, you know, that, 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 that's where you have to evaluate and examine at this point in time. I think there's a lot of examining going on in Winnipeg <laughs> right now. And the, <laughs> and the fans are writing in saying Connor's giving up three-plus goals every game. Uh, they're upset about that. But I tell you, Shocks just came to the edge of his chair because this is a fascinating discussion. We were talking about the orders before the game and your network, TSN. I'm not sure which analyst said it last night on SportsCenter, but they said Dave doesn't need this. And this is the truth. Dave wasn't going to coach, right? His brother, Tippett, his brother Brad said he didn't need to coach again. He's got the money. And then he goes and takes the... And I'm telling everybody that. Tip's not coaching again. He's happy. He's consulting. Then he ends up in Edmonton. And I'm like, Brad, you said he's not going to do this. And he goes, well, there's a special chance to coach Connor. Uh, Canadian market. Edmonton, it's special. And with that win last night, and then the Flames win Saturday, do you think that the bad times are over? And the orders are rolling now? Okay, so, so, so I want to go back to one thing that I didn't mention about Winnipeg. Yeah? If you look at the goal last night by Sam Bennett, which I think was the winning goal, you talk about coaching and everything, like wh how they give up the middle of the ice. It, it, it's like it was very easy, wasn't it? Well, you, you, you can't have that. And Brendan Dillon gets caught outside the circles and, and right down through the middle. 
If the Edmonton Oilers want to play games like they did Saturday night against the Flames, they're on a hope and a prayer. Because if Koskinen isn't at, at, at a high level that game, they're down 5 nothing after the first period. Leon Dreisaitl had a great game. The power play played really well. But last night against Vancouver, the Edmonton Oilers played really well. They 50 shots. I mean, they just took it to the Vancouver Canucks. And, and if Jim Rutherford doesn't know that he's got a major problem on his blue line, he, he, last night was example of it there. So with the Edmonton Oilers, you know, he, he, even the goal that Koskinen gave up, I mean, that first goal of the game, I mean, that's an awful goal. But he, he stops the breakaway. That would have made it 3 nothing, and then they come right back and they get Ryan McLeod scores his goal short side on an awful, another awful goal. But that gets them back into the game. But what, what I liked about what the Oilers did Saturday night and what they did to a certain degree Saturday night is, is, is they fought. They, they competed their way back into the. It wasn't a lack of competing and giving. And last night they did the same thing. It was, you know, coaches. And, and, and Perry, you, 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 you've, exp- you've impressed this upon your book. Stay with it. Stay with it. We're going to get rewarded. Stay with it. The Edmonton Oilers stayed with it last night. Yeah. And, and, and they did get rewarded. I think from a coaching point of view, if you're Dave Tippett, you're going, okay, you know what? And, and you can't fix all your problems all at once, but you figure out, okay, this is our biggest problem. We need to fix this. Or these are our two biggest things that we can fix right now and get after that. And I think that those two wins, you know, with less focus, with less pressure, with less heat... <laughs> That helps. If possible. <laughs> if possible, yeah, right? It helps. But it's funny, McDavid scores last night, ends a six-game drought, and I thought, isn't that interesting? They had a seven-game losing streak before that, how the two were tied together. Yeah. And I remember Jordan Eberle back in the day was in a drought, and we'll segue this to Junior in a second, but as coach Dale Durkat said, keep doing the same things, keep preparing the same way, and it will turn around. And I wonder if that's what's happening with the Oilers macro and micro with Connor that they just went through a slump and maybe this second half they won't go through again what they've been through here the last month what do you think are they good enough yeah they're good enough to be in the playoffs I don't think there's any question about it because you have you have two of the best players on the planet the other thing that happens with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and and the great players is that they're so good they're so competitive they care so much that when things aren't going well they also try to do more they don't try to do less. It's not like Connor McDavid's trying to do less or Leon's trying to do less. They want to do more. And so what you, what you, have, to, you have to understand that, and sometimes what you got to do is just have them dial back a little bit. Less is more. Don't, don't try to push it because mm-hmm. the more you push, then they get frustrated. And then, you know, the other team, the, the, the rest of the players on the team are struggling a little bit. You know, you almost got to remind them, like, hey, what you're doing is really good. Keep doing that. You know, I, I, I recall Mike Madonna telling me this story. And it was 1998. We had traded for Brian Scrudlin and Mike Keane, and we were playing San Jose. We lost Joe Newendike the first game of the playoffs uh, with, a, with a season-ending knee injury. And we're playing San Jose, and they're a good team, and they're hard, and they're competitive. And it was the middle, I, I think it was game four, and Mike was on the bench. It, it's a tie game, Mike Madonna, and he says, I'm feeling antsy. I'm feeling like, you know, I got to do more. He said, Mike Keene just reached over and put his hand on my arm. He said, Mike, keep doing what you're doing. You don't have to do more. You don't have to do less. He goes, we're doing the right things. We're going to find a way just to stay with it. We have enough here to, to get the win. And you know what? I know you want to do more and you want to get something next shift. If it's there, take it. If it's not, just relax. Mike just said he felt this sense of calm mm-hmm. just come over his whole body. And I think that's, a, that's another big part with your star players when they're struggling. 
you know, the Leon Dreisaitl, you know, exchange with Jim Matheson last week, that, that was just emotions boiling over, yeah. right, by both parties, right? And still ugly, yeah, though. <laughs> it, it's ugly, but hey, listen, I mean, I'm sure you've had arguments with uh, people you love and everything right. you like, right? You just you, yeah, well, yeah. You put it behind you and move over. It's ugly, and you, you pass on. But I think it's also that I want to do more. I want to make a difference. And as a coach, you got to just kind of – and other players can – it's hard for somebody. That's where Duncan Keith might come in. Hey, Connor, I played with Taze. I, I, like, you, you're like Taze. Yeah. Just calm down here. You're okay. But, you know, those voices become really instrumental. And as a coach, you gotta got to keep your finger on that pulse. We uh, have mentioned a couple times the junior thing. Uh, how much are you enjoying that? I, I tuned in the game Friday night from Guelph, and I'm like, I know this voice. <laughs> and, I've met you're all over the place. And you wouldn't be if you didn't love it. Isn't it, it great? It is great. I mean, yeah. you know, you're going – I was in Vancouver the week before, and I'm talking to Mark Lamb and Mike Dick, people I've known for a long time. I didn't get a chance because of weather-related. I didn't get a chance to talk to, to George Burnett, who I've known since I was 20 years old, right? You know, I'm going in on, on Friday into Regina, John Paddock with the Pats mm-hmm. and Mark Abshide with the Prince Albert Raiders, you know. You're rekindling these relationships, and – not, not, not rekindling. You, 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 in the last two years, we haven't had a chance to go into the ranks. We haven't had a chance to go and visit with people. And you, you, one of the beautiful things about you know being in the ranks is visiting with people, the other scouts, the the coaches, and everybody involved with junior hockey. So you know, you're right. I do love it. And, yeah, it, it's great to see the people. It's funny at the last two Flames games, uh, they had the Blues here, and uh, last week can't remember. I don't remember last week, but I Florida. I, Right. What am I saying? Five, one flames. And I thought I go to the ring for three reasons to see the guys in the media room eat and then the game, not necessarily in that (laughs) order. I'm like two of the three I can't do. So I hope it's changing. It's weird in these Alberta games. Hey, quiet and the concessions are closed. But it's 50, it's it's 50. I mean, and they have 50% capacity, you know, uh, last night in Winnipeg, they had 250 people. I was there Sunday afternoon, and the Manitoba Moose started a game at two, and 250 people are in the building. It's it's nice for 200, but it's not the same. Last year was very different, and you know we saw the full buildings this year, and we've had to take a step back, and understandably so with the with the pandemic. But it's not the same. No, it's just not the same. And. Well, speaking of empty rink in Ottawa last night, highlights looked weird, especially compared to what we're seeing in the States. But Aaron Dell, can I ask you about the hot topic of Aaron Dell today, the goalie for the Sabres that put out Drake Batherson, the all-star? Well, here's what I would say. Okay, so Aaron Dell does his act, right? What has happened? Like, why did somebody on Ottawa not just go run him? And not just <laughs> run him once, run him twice. I'll tell you what, when it was 4 nothing, every shot would have been right under his chin. Every single shot would have been right under his chin. He would not have gotten out of that game, you know, without some damage. Simple as that. Because what he did was garbage. You know, you know, here's Drake Batherson, unsuspecting. You have no chance to defend yourself. It's garbage. Like, that, to me, is the type of play that has to be dealt with severely. And Aaron Dell, to pull that, honestly, he, he would not have got out of Ottawa without, uh, without some damage. A pound of flesh. Oh, yeah. no, 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 make no mistake about it. Like, I, I was shocked, honestly. It's just like, hey, listen, I'm going to get suspended for four games because I'm running that bugger, and he's, and he's not going to get up. Now, as I said earlier, I didn't mind him coming out of the net and throwing a body check against Boston the other night. I thought that was cool. That was like an NLL play. This was dumb. This was dirty. This was unnecessary. And doesn't give goalies a good name. Right. Well, Even goalies are criticizing him. For well, this. well, that's it. Right. But he, here's what I would say. 
even the one you can't come out and hit and hit somebody. Like you, you're the, the game is such that the goalie cannot be run. Like the, that's the way it is. It cannot be hit, and we all accept that. So now he's going to switch it around and think that oh, it's okay. No, no, it's uh, not right. No, Craig, thanks so much. I appreciate the time. Always fun seeing you. I yeah, great to see you. Too, Enjoy man. my hometown Friday oh, night. I am going to love it. I mean, we got Connor Bedard, and you know, I want to tell everybody there we're we're gonna we're gonna do something on Clark Gillies. Good. Uh, and we got Dale Durkatch in the booth. The Rat. One of the best players that's ever played junior hockey in Canada. 491 points. One of the best ever in the CHL. And uh, maybe a finer human being. Yeah, love Dale. For sure. Uh, speaking of great human beings, we got another one moving in next. You're watching the RP Show live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Keep in touch. Uh, we are live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. What do you got, Clark? What do you got, Clark? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shocks, pull that thing right up close to you there, if you don't mind. Uh, the hockey stories flowing down here at Calgary's Entertainment Destination, Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. And uh, I want to tell you, Hour 2 brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer. But coming your way February 11th here at Grey Eagle, the country music royalty, Pam Tillerson, Lori Morgan, winners of the Grammy Award and highly celebrated by critics. They're known for their melodic voices and incredible shows. Ladies and gentlemen, Pam, Tillerson, Pam Tillerson, Lori Morgan bring their Grits and Glamour Tour to the Great Eagle Event Center on Friday, February 11th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.ca. Perry Perry S. Hockey, no stranger to uh, country music. Shocks, head coach of the Warriors, the Pats, the Spokane. Were you ever head coach in Spokane? No, assistant coach with Babs. Didn't you have Phil in for a while, though? Who's that? Didn't you? You coached a couple games on the Uh, intro, didn't you? Right. Came in when Brian Maxwell left, and so I was there for part of a year, and then two years with Mike. And how long with the Los Angeles Kings? Uh, I'm going to say probably five or six. Right. Hard time to start with, you know, but uh, rode with your dad and Lauren Davis and Gary Melnick and Charlie Hodge. There were some great road trips with some of the old The old scout for the Pittsburgh Penguins, whom they say is so old that the CH on the Montreal Canadiens logo stood for Charlie Hodge. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was That's one beauty. of my favorites. He was a beauty. He was a beauty. Yeah. He was a great guy to travel with. They all were. Uh, you know, and it was kind of like getting mentored by the right people. Well, I got to say this before we get into more hockey stories with Shocks. Um, and we were together with the Pats 97 to 98. 97 98. Uh, we re- reconnected over this show, Shocks. It's funny. You just turned on the television and uh, boom. Yeah, I had to do a cheap shot. <laughs> yes, you do anything did. but. You, you know, still do. Like, yeah, well, life is life, eh? Mm-hmm. Got to have fun. Yeah, he was watching the show down in Lethbridge. We hadn't talked in yeah. uh, 15 years, probably. At least, at least yeah. Yeah, it had been, been a while. Shocks, what do, you, uh, <clears throat> what do you make of this hockey scene here right now through COVID and the WHL? You're... Uh, I think it's tough. It's like everything. Everything with hockey with kids has been tough, you know, right down to the minor hockey levels and just the disruption of kids' lives and doing something they love to do and uh, getting caught up in a, I think in some ways, uh, 
big people's games. Yeah. You know? So that's a sad part, but uh, they're pretty resilient and, you know, kids are still developing and, you know, they still play hard. I don't think the games that I've seen, they're, they're a step off from what they would normally be this time of year, but, you know, they're still there uh, battling it out and, you know, making the league what it is. Are you going to all the Hurricanes games? I get quite a few, yeah. I get quite a few of the games. I find a little spot up in the corner by myself and usually do two periods by myself and then I'll go mingle and see if there's anybody in the rink that I haven't seen for a while. I yeah, that's my program too. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's I, where I learned it from. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, same. I, yeah. But you're a Tabor guy. Born right? and raised. Yeah. Born and raised Born Tabor, raised. Alberta. I tell you what, I mean, I've spent quite a bit of time in Alberta. In, I lived here, went to college, and I forgot how much they love hockey in this province. Oh, Nelly. Where's that? Here. Alberta. Oh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's big. It's, it's, you know, it's a passion that everybody has. And, uh, you know, Flames, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, everybody says, who's your favorite team? I really don't have a favorite team. I love watching great hockey. I love watching great game, you know, where it's just, it's back and forth and, you know, it's, it's a game. And even sometimes when teams get humbled, it's great to watch a team get humbled. I think probably the best lesson St. Louis got was the other night. You know, they, they got, they got. That's what Labardius said yesterday here yeah. off oh, yeah. the air. He said it might be the best thing for him. The St. Louis Blues is getting thumped 7-1 by the Flames. Can you explain to our viewers that? Because they wouldn't, they would say, why is that? Well, as a coach, you're sitting there. There's nothing you can do. The wheels have fallen off. And what you do is you just sit there and say, okay, and you're, you're, you, got the, you got the rally hat on, and you're saying, come on, you know, come on, meter's going. And then I saw where they showed him during one of the breaks, and it was some other come on language, but it was basically <laughs> that's what he was saying. And the onus is on you. The accountability is on you. So, you know, you're, but it, it, when you get humbled like that, you just get a deep appreciation for the game and for what, what you get for working hard and for working as a unit. Here's one. Just between you and me, Shox, I want to hold you to this. Who's the better hockey team, and who goes further, the Oilers or the Flames, this spring? I think they're both going to make a trade. I think they'll both make trades. But um, I personally think that I've, I've, I've had a hard time. It's a tough game. one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I'm going to say Calgary. I mean, I'm wow. not saying that because I live, in, I'm living, working out of Calgary and stuff like that. I'm saying Calgary because I think they've bought into the coach. I think Johnny Goodrow's bought into the coach. I think Monaghan is, you know, coming back and getting better. And I think that there's a maturity about Chuck that, you know, that is, it, there's a seasoned part of how they play now. They, they're not kids anymore. They're, they're hockey players. They're responsible for the culture. They're, they're responsible for the wins and losses. And, you know, they talk about how Daryl's a lot tougher after wins than he has losses, which is, it isn't reverse psychology. It's, just the way it is, is that, you know, good coaches are that way. Yeah. Well, you learn, you learn so much from losses. You learn way more from a loss than you do from a win. And you look at most of the successful teams, they've lost the Islanders. When the Islanders first came in the league, what was their records like? And then all of a sudden they build it up and they end up going, what, five, five in a row? Four in a row. Four in a row. I mean. Should have been five, Clark Gillies will tell you, but the NHL screwed the schedule uh, yeah. <laughs> for them against Montreal. Uh, that's one thing that uh, Clark could never get past. Hey, this viewer, I don't know how you feel about answering this. It's Dan Asham in Winnipeg. He asks if the Winnipeg Ice have what it takes to win the Memorial Cup. Well, the Week 13 
rankings came out today. Winnipeg was number one again. It, like, I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, I have. I have. have. Okay. I did see them, and I saw them when they rolled through. And actually, I think they'd lost their first game the night before in Edmonton. Edmonton. Yes. So I saw the game right after. They were down in Lethbridge. They might have stopped over in Calgary. I'm not sure. But anyhow, uh, they, they are mature. They've got a mature hockey club. They've got a good leadership. They've got a good culture within their organization. You can tell when teams play that it's a reflection on probably the coaching staff of what they want their players to play like. They hold each other accountable. You know, you know, you know you're a good coach when you're standing on the bench, like and I'm talking about if you're coaching minor hockey team, but it's no different than if you're coaching at the National Hockey League level. If you're standing on the bench at the end of the year and the players, you've got 17 or 18 mini-me's in front that are talking to one another the way you talk to the players to start with. And what they're doing is they're holding one another accountable. You can't lose that battle. You got to pick up your man. You know, we got to work harder. You know, let's come back. We can do this. You know, there's, there's confidence and there's maturity. And I think that that's what the ice has right now. No reason to think that they aren't legitimate Memorial Cup favorites. Uh, Shocks, short time, but a good time. Uh, appreciate yep. you coming on. We're going to bring the moose in next. But can I interest you in some 4A beef on the buffet here at the Greek? <laughs> Well, I've lived in Alberta my whole life. My grandfather was uh, in the raising cattle, buying cattle, selling cattle, and, you know, I know all that. I've never heard of 4A. The only 4A, I I heard know, of, right? the only 4A I've heard about in Alberta is 4A basketball. Ah, yeah. there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks. Awesome. Overtime's next. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, we are into overtime. We are uh, pleased to welcome back to the broadcast the owner, the proprietor, the face of the show, Darren Moose DuPont. For overtime, which is uh, lovingly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the NHL and the UFC. Moose, uh, you've been busy. You know, I was going to make a joke about easy day for you, but it hasn't been. <laughs> it hasn't been, right? You've been doing, you've been... You've been doing the editing stuff here. Picking today. up the slack a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's fun. A lot of laughs down here today oh. with the guys. But this is what it's supposed to all be about, right? And I know we had this, and in, in Shockey wasn't in the studio. You've never been to the studio. But this is what we built in the studio, right? And we bring people down. We have the couches over here. And that's where, where Perry's sitting right now on the, on the comfy leather chairs. But this is kind of what I wanted to be able to recreate on the road. This is kind of our studio. Yes. A banner up where you'll see some photos and you know i wanted to recreate this on the road and now we finally have little bit by little bit today was kind of bringing it all together and we've now created the studio on the road that's why i feel terrible because people are like they always ask me about what i've done i'm like it's not me it's him but that's why i keep saying it all the time <laughs> and we're gonna go uh, have some foray beef at the gray eagle buffet with shocks and we'll talk a little bit more about it at lunch my cousin's watching in medicine hat christine she says you'll be 80 plus rod and still remember foray beef lol i'm just mad the guy tried to pull one over on me that's all yeah i know my brother said by the way shock don't fall for it it's a gimmick 
4A beef in Alberta. Um, games tonight, Moose. I, got, I know what a, my featured game is. There's five in the NHL, okay. uh, including the Flames at Columbus. They're they're talking about that one around. I heard them talking about it in the casino this morning. Oh, yeah. Some of the patrons. Uh, and in the NBA, the Raptors are at Chicago. So maybe that's your feature game. But mine will be Flames-Columbus. I feel like God doesn't want me to watch the Winnipeg Jets at this time. Okay. Because you were with me in the sports bar last night celebrating your birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, can you put on the Winnipeg-Florida hockey game? I said to the nice lady that was serving us. She says, mm, I know the guy. I'll be right back. Yes, that game starts in 15 minutes at Vancouver. And I'm like, yeah, but... Mm, thanks. It was Oilers, Canucks. Yeah. They had no idea. I know. <laughs> right? So I'm just saying, I've been trying to watch the Jets... And I have been unable to watch the Winnipeg Jets. And I think they have NHL center ice here at Grey Eagle. Just they do. wasn't our day. And that was kind of the conversation. It's Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vancouver and Edmonton. They're all out of the playoffs right now, right? Who's the team that's going to jump in? Calgary's looking like it might be them. So I'll be interested to that game. Tonight. I don't know if you were listening when Shocks predicted that the Flames would go further. They're deeper. They're playing better, and they got the better goalie. I'm not going to argue that. John... Um, watching in Winnipeg says absolutely fantastic show today. Tell your friends. I agree. Tell your friends about the RP show. Uh, the general in Calgary watching on YouTube says flames jackets going to be good fun. Tank Abbott watching in the energy city says DuPont the RP show mastermind. Great job. <laughs> Keep it up. I don't know about that, but thank you. Do we have a new mascot? Uh, after today's program, <laughs> shocks. Speaking of both, strong like bull. The problem is to do the zebra, you're going to need two interns in the costume one on the back end, one on the front. It'll be a contest to see who's what. Uh, I see love faces back I in the comment that. section. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not. Depends what kind of day you want to have. Uh, cover your eyes, folks. Cover your eyes. Um,. It is Taco Time viewer takeover. I'm going to get out of the YouTube comments here and move over to the text line because Love Face, the online exotic dancer, is taken over. Yeah, oh, well, she heard no. about the zebra, right? I see. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Caldwell watching in Redmond, Oregon on Game Plus Television, where we're carried on TDS cable. Says, I could listen to Craig Button forever. Thanks, RP Show. Uh, from Jim Wagner, he says, I just got my new shipment of G2G protein bars. Wow, the peanut butter and jelly's my new instant favorite. Maybe that's what Mr. Zebra's been into. Approved. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> if word got around that happens with G2G bars, they, oh, my. they wouldn't be able to keep them in stock. They'd be $35 a bar. <laughs> they would not... Never mind a box. Yeah, exactly. Uh, G2G Bars, that's uh, Ben Cahoon's company out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Jeez, Rod, you eat a lot of protein bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show at G2GBars.ca. Randy in Winnipeg watching, he says, CFL Hall of Fame discussion, both Mike Riley and Darian Durant need to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a no-brainer. Well, that's why we, have a, why we have a committee on such things. Darren, we do have a couple minutes here. Let's do it. 
Deal or no deal for our friends at betregal.ca, where you can bet on this weekend's NFL games. Get 22 welcome dollars with the promo code RP22 at betregal.ca. Are you ready, Moose? I'm ready. The viewers know it. I'm going to give you the lines for this weekend's NFC and AFC Conference Championship games, and Moose will decide whether to take the deal or not take the deal. Bet Regal's betting line for the AFC Championship game Sunday, Kansas City home to Cincinnati, is the Chiefs by seven. Deal or no deal? I'll take that deal. Why? It's, it's, look what the Chiefs did to Buffalo and a really good defense. Now, Cincinnati's good, but they're not that good. I mean, you look at a game against Tennessee and Joe Burrow was over 350 yards, I think, or he was over 300 yards anyways in the game. He made some plays, but that was more about what the Titans didn't do or the mistakes they made. And I think they escaped that game. I don't think it'll be the same way against Kansas City. If you care, I'm not taking the deal. NFC Championship game, San Francisco at Los Angeles. Rams favored by 3.5. Deal or no deal? Um, I'll take the Rams on that one, too, because I think Matt Stafford will outplay Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's uh, been a benefactor of some mistakes, and I don't think uh, he'll be able to put enough points up against that good defense to cover the spread. I'll take the deal. Rams by 3.5. Again, use the promo code RP22 at betregal.ca and get 22 welcome bucks. We'll talk about it more with uh, ESPN Cincinnati's Mo Egger tomorrow. Thanks to Craig Button. Thanks to Perry Shockey, the Moose, and Lucky Whitehead. And uh, I can't get to any more of these comments. It's a daytime family show, Moose. We all <laughs> want to talk about the zebra. We'll see you tomorrow at 12 Eastern right here on Game Plus TV. Ticket sales at the zoo are going up. How about that? We don't know what we're doing. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.